Hey modders, welcome back to Modified Rule. Don't forget we're sponsored by DN Dice. Check out the link to their website in our description, or head over to dndice.co.uk and use the code MODIFIEDRULE for 10% off all purchases. In the last episode, the party made their way towards the keep in Knight's Valor. With a little help from some of the locals, they managed to make their way inside undetected and began exploring the interior. They were eventually able to find the villagers they saw on their way to the town. Unfortunately, the situation they found them in was unpleasant, to say the least. Emotions are running high, as the party are about to face the darkness that has been affecting this town for so long. We join them now, in episode 4 of season 2 of Modified Rule, Inter-Party Conflict. As the door swings open, you are struck with a terrible smell. A mixture of blood and excrement flows out around you while whimpers loudon and emanate from the room beyond. Looking in, you can see a bare stone room lit by flickering torches. The wall to your right is occupied by thick iron shackles hanging from the wall. Some are occupied by men and women slumped forward with their heads bowed, and some stand empty. They're breathing shallowly, but don't react to you entering the room. In the far corner is a cage holding several people. As they see the door open, they whimper and cry, and push further away from the door as you open it. You can see that they're terrified as they lay in their own filth in a cage small enough to prevent them standing fully upright. In the centre of the room are three iron seats with shackles on the arms and legs. In front of each seat is a black iron stand atop which rests a large purple orb. The orb appears to be made of a very similar material. It looks like the jewels that you spotted on the rings previously, and it seems to pulse with light as you look at it. Of the three seats in the room, only one is occupied. A man, filthy and bloody, sits with his eyes wide, fixed upon the orb in front of him. Even as you open the door, he never looks away. He appears to be taking in sharp breaths and breathing out long and hard. What do you do? Um. First things first, DM. Any of the people in the cage look like the ones that passed us on the road? Make me a perception check. The worst person opened the that door. That is a 19. <laughs> yes, you recognise these people as the ones from the cage that was being transferred towards Knight's Valor as you were on the road. Almost all of them. Okay. Christ. <laughs> so, oh shit. So can we all see what's in the room now? Sorry. I would say Sinclair being the one who opened the door, he can see all of this. Because the, the door is sort of set, you know, if you're imagining the room, the door is to one side. You guys behind him, you can sort of make out a chair and a stand but it's an empty chair with the stand with the purple orb in front of it. Unless you guys like push past Sinclair, you can't see the rest of the room. Push past the nine foot tall guy, yeah. yeah filling the doorway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, Sinclair, what, what's happening? What's that smell? Horrors. And he's going to step in and then the room will reveal to everyone. Yeah, as, as he moves in, if the rest of you like look around past him, you can see the same thing. It's the cage full of people, the people hanging from the shackles and the man in the chair in front of the orb. And there's three orbs and three, three chairs. Three chairs, three orbs on stands in front okay. of them. Oh my gosh. God. Okay. You can tell from the setup that when somebody is like, you know, shackled to the chair, they're looking directly at this orb. Oh God. Okay. Um. Um. What do you guys do? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, what do we do? Um... Um, uh, Gillian is going to walk into the room um, and she's going to try and have a look oh god I don't, I don't know if I want to have a look at the okay she's going to go have a look at the orbs but from a distance she's going to see you, what so you're, trying, you're like looking at the orb investigating the orb <laughs> you've, you've said you've done it just because I've used that yeah, term you yeah, can't fucking yeah, yeah. back out but you're investigating yeah. the orb right F- fuck it uh da da can you roll me a wisdom saving throw, please? Oh no. Yeah, oh no. Fuck. Well, now we know. <laughs> 13? Okay. 
you sort of take in the room and you realize like it's not even really a conscious decision your brain just sort of takes stock of the room and goes this is not a good place the safest thing you can look at is the thing that doesn't involve people and you look at the orb on the stand and you look at it and you can see it pulse gently with this purple aura but nothing happens it just appears to be a large gemstone it looks to be very similar to the ones you saw on the ring that the soldier wearing but nothing happens Mm. So that that's going to take like a second or two while Gilliana looks at that. What are the rest of you doing? Bearing in mind at this point, Sinclair Gilliana will have pushed past you to get in to be close enough to look at that. What is? I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on you actually because you opened the door. I'll I'll say that you probably had a moment of shock while you took this in that allowed Gilliana to push past you. But what does Sinclair do? Sinclair's immediately gonna head over to the people in manacles and he's gonna try, you know, see if they're locked and start. Trying if if they're not if they're locked, he's going to try and break them off. So yeah, the shackles are locked. They've been sort of chained to the wall, and as you approach them, the people hanging there don't react. Their head is down, their chin is against their chest. They're just hanging. There's no sort of responsiveness. As you check them, they are alive. They're breathing. There's a heartbeat. But even as you check them, you know you touch their skin. There's no reaction. You would expect someone who's been sort of left in this position to like flinch from touch or something. There's no reaction. Their skin feels clammy like they've been sweating. You can feel a heart rate. It feels slightly above normal, but not so much that, you know, it doesn't seem that they've been exerting themselves, but it's above what you would expect it to be. Their breathing is shallow and rasping, but there's no reaction from them. Do you still want to try and break the shackles? Hmm... No, Sinclair is going to, in case of hurting them more, he's he's going to look at them and say, I, I will find a way to get you down. Rest easy, friends. As you like say this, you're checking them over, you can see their eyes are sort of half-open, sort of half-lidded, and they don't appear to be focusing on anything. They don't register that you've spoken to them or that you're even mm. there. And then he's going to have a search around, see if he can find some keys or something like that, anything. Uh, I'll not make you roll anything for the minute, but so you've been up, you've looked at these people, you're going to start looking around the room. Uh, Kazisal and Twilight, you've sort of, you know, Gilliana has been straight in there, she's been up, she's sort of looking at this orb on the stand. You see Sinclair walk up to the people hanging from the wall in shackles. Of the two of you, who do you think would react first? God. Um. (laughs) If you both really don't want to, we can roll for it. I'm just trying to think what is all doing this moment. So just as a reminder, we've got the orb, which Gilliana's looking at, mm-hmm. with the people hanging, which Sinclair's looking at. There's a man shackled to one of the chairs, and there's the cage full of people, which the rest of you haven't rolled for, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna sort of use um Sinclair's role for all of yeah. you. You recognise as the people who were taken past you on the road. Okay, Twilight's gonna go up to the cage, like kind of gingerly, because she's never seen this much like suffering. Yeah. Um, and she's just gonna whisper, like, "See, I told you we'd come for you." What's happening? So, as you guys have come into the room, like you're obviously the other guys have had their own focus. Gilliana's focused on the orb. Cassie's focused on the people on the wall, and you focused on the cage. You've been watching the people as. The other guys have stepped into the room. They have, they've not looked at you guys. They've lowered their eyes. They've dropped their heads. They've pushed as far into this cage as they can to get away from the door. As you sort of walk towards them, they're flinching. They're, you know, crouching down, tightening up. But you see the little girl from before. And she raises her eyes and she sees you walking towards her. And you can see a moment of initial... You, you can see as she looks up, she is afraid. She is terrified. But then she takes you in. And there's a moment of confusion. And there is a brief flash of hope. And then you say that. And one emotion after the other flashes across her face. And then she starts crying. And she, you can see her pulling on the arm of a woman behind her, 
that you can assume to be your mother. And her mother turns around and grabs her and pulls her close and hugs her tight, protecting her from whoever has walked into this room. And she eventually, you can see her stop for a second. She registers what you've just said and she looks up as well and she sees you. And she starts to cry as well. And eventually one after other people start to realize that you aren't who they were expecting. And they look at you and they cry and they don't know what else to do and they all just hug one another crying and looking at you and they start to relax they start to move towards the oh, the, the cage door but it's locked and you don't have a key okay okay uh, she does not know what to do uh she's gonna say Gideana. And then hopefully the other's going to come over and help unlock it. So, again, just because a lot of this will be happening at the same time, Twilight has obviously moved towards this cage. This has all happened. Sinclair is at the wall. Gillianna is inspecting this orb. Cecil, what would Cecil do? Like, and bearing in mind, standing in the yeah. door frozen with shock is an appropriate answer. <laughs> I think he... Again, yeah, he is going to be right by the door, just out of sight of the doorway, but he's standing there, he's taking in or everything he's seeing, he's scanning the entire room. He's getting a feeling he shouldn't be, we should not be in here at all, and he's trying to listen out in case whoever's been doing this of him comes this way. Okay, so you're stood sort of near to the stairwell, listening for somebody coming. Okay, yeah. that's fine. So, back into sort of the next sort of what's happening. So, you've all done your bit. Twilight has walked forward. She's seen all these people and she's called for Diliana. What would you do? Yes, Twilight. Um, can you open this cage? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I'll come and I'll go and uh, try and open. Yeah. Uh, unlock the cage. As as you go, I'm gonna guidance as well. I'm just gonna cast guidance on you. <laughs> well, before you roll, uh, Sinclair, obviously you've been you've inspected these people on the chains. You've decided you're not gonna try and like break the chains in case you hurt them. You've heard Twilight call Gilliana over. What else would Sinclair do while this is happening? He, he's gonna search around see if he can find some keys or anything like that. Anything we can use. Oh, sorry, that's to right. You said you were doing people, a, you were yeah, room. Get so, the people out the shackles. Yeah, so do an investigation check. That 20. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you search <laughs> the room. There are no keys. No. This room is bare. You get the impression that this room is a. I will say with a natural 20 investigation, you can. You get that this room is a room with a function. And from what you can tell, that function involves taking people from the cage, putting them in a chair, and then putting them in the shackles until they are removed. Whoever is the one doing that is the, probably the one with the keys. <sighs> I will say, bearing in mind this room is very bare, that investigation does not take you very long, so... Yeah, yeah. In the time it's taken, sort of Twilight and Gilliana to do, you know, sort of check their bits, you could you can look this room over, but there is nothing else there. Would you like to do anything else while Gilliana tries to unlock the cage? Not to try and influence you, but I will just remind you there is a guy strapped to a chair that nobody has thought to look at yet. <laughs> and again, I will say it's a perfectly valid character choice for specifically for Sinclair, not to look too closely at him. I would not begrudge you for deciding not to do that. <laughs> Uh, just just an, over the table for a second. Um, in in terms of Sinclair's personality, he, he at this point he would really want to you know march downstairs and kick the door in where there was someone. They're trying to fight the urge of, to not do it. I mean, it's a perfectly valid urge if you if you think Sinclair would want to do that. And by all means, do you describe him doing that? Well, let's see what everyone else will do. But Sinclair's going to start, yeah, mar walking towards the door with a purpose. Kazisel, uh, you, all right, so you let you can from the door. You're keeping an ear out and you're watching what's yeah. happening in the room. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume that your whole thing right now is yeah. watching what's happening. 
Yeah. You sort of see Twilight go where she starts talking to the people in the cage. She calls Gilliana over the two of them head towards the cage. You see Sinclair sort of casting about the room, realizing there's very little here. Roll me an insight check. That is a 20, not natural. Sinclair, can you, for Kazisel, please describe exactly what you're feeling? Because unfortunately, it is plastered on your face. He can read uh, everything. He Sinclair has a face like thunder. You can, in his white, uh, even though his eyes uh, have no pupils, you can almost see fire in it. it, it there is an expression on his face of, I, 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 if someone needs to be murdered right now, they're going to get murdered. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, you know. I see that face and I'm clicking on to, there's still being another door down the hallway as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna. I not. I, I don't like putting like time limits on decisions, <laughs> but Sinclair has made a decision. You read this on his. He turns towards the door. Like literally, you have a split second. He turns towards the door. You can read this in his body language. He is looking for someone to murder. What do you do? I will gesture to the door at the end of the corridor. We should check that to see if there is a key in there. That room will be empty. I know where the keys are. They're on that bloody lord. And he's going to start heading for the stairs. Shit. So, oh, no. in the meantime, <laughs> Giliana... It's the orc blood! Giliana, would you like to make a sleight of hand check? You also have guidance. So, again, it's going to be sleight of hand, which you'll have proficiency on, plus the 1d4. Okay. Uh, 17. Okay. So, th- while... Sinclair has been casting about the room. Twilight has called you over. You've so as you sort of kneel down in front of the cage again. This is a very simple lock. You can tell it's just a you know this is just a basic key. There's no real complexity to the mechanism here. And you kneel down in front of it, take out your thieves tool, and you have this opened in a matter of moments. You feel the door click and swing slightly open. And as you stand up and look around, you realize that Sinclair is heading towards the door. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give both De- um, Twilight and Giliana a secondary act. You've just opened the door. You know the cage is swung open. The little girl is looking hopeful. She starts to move towards the open door. Her mother's sort of holding on to her, not sure whether or not to follow, but. You have looked over your shoulder and you've realised that Sinclair is leaving oh, right God, now. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Ah. Twilight, I need you to stop Sinclair doing whatever he's doing right now. <laughs> I'm going to let the other people out of the cage because we need to get these people out and safe. And that is our main priority, okay? Okay, I'm going to run and try and tackle Sinclair. Can I just say, I was about to say, can I take a stab in the dark and say that Twilight's reaction will be to tackle Sinclair? <laughs> <laughs> oh so um what the fuck do i roll for this so well before i make you roll so tackle the arm at 320 pounds <laughs> like, yeah. before i make twilight roll sinclair you are pissed like that's an understatement there is a divine oh, yeah. righteous fury running through your body i you know without set but, you know, without trying to dictate what your character's feeling, I would almost say that this, like, white-hot fury has blanked out everything else in this room. In your mind, the only thing that exists is someone that you, you, can't, you, you can't even put a face to this person. You just have this image of whoever is running this place, and the only thing you can think of is cutting that man down. How does Sinclair react when... Twilight, a person you've only known for a day, tackles you about the waist, bearing in mind she can barely get her arms around your waist. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to make the two of you roll. You're nine feet tall. Like, she is not going to impede your movement, but you still feel her. She barrels into your side. You, you know, you feel her hit you, her arms wrap around you. She tries to stop you from leaving. What does Sinclair do? Yep, okay. I just rolled for it because there was two things I was thinking of. Um, yeah, white, hot fury, as you say. <laughs> Sinclair is going to grab 
Twilight by one of her hands and fling her away from him. Wow. <laughs> he is. I'm not. And as as you see, as he turns, as he does it, that his tusks are very prominent right now. This man. This this is this is a very angry man. Well, that's not where I was expecting that to go. Um. <laughs> Sinclair, can you make an unarmed strike against Twilight, please? Oh no! Uh, do I have to add anything from unarmed strike? Unless you're proficient, it'll just be your strength check. Uh, that's a 21. <laughs> yeah, that hurts. <laughs> then I believe it's just a 1d4 off top of my head for an unarmed strike. Uh, yes, d4 sounds d4 right. Plus uh, hold on. Apologise in advance, Deadly. <laughs> That's okay, it's what your character would do. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> She's just gonna get fucking ragdolled across the room. So, okay, so yeah, so it's, the, the damage you deal is one plus your strength modifier. Oh, uh, one plus my strength, that's uh, five. Okay, so Deadly, you're, you've, you know, you've, you've done what Gilliana asked. You've run across the room, you've thought, I'll tackle him, that will surely stop him. And you feel like you've hit a steel pole. Okay. You dead. You stop dead and you feel, you know, the force shock through your body. Sinclair just reaches down, grabs one of your hands around his waist, lifts you from bodily, like by the arm from his body, and just throws you like a rag doll. You sort of Luckily, he doesn't like throw you into a wall or anything, but you tumble across the floor, and just from that force alone, you take five damage. Apparently, <laughs> well, he's one strong boy. And Sinclair continues to leave because Esel, having seen this, do you attempt to stop him? Look at everyone just rolling <laughs> to decide what they do. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry, he's so angry. Guys, boy. know your characters. Stop rolling for it. Just make a decision. <laughs> I haven't rolled once. <laughs> Half my hit points. Half my hit points. Seeing the rage in Sinclair's eyes of his experience from the monastery. Oh, fuck, yeah, your backstory. Fuck. He's seen oh. this kind of, I'm going to say, hot headedness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, pretty accurate. <laughs> um, And he knows that from his experience, there's no amount of reason that can level this out, so he's going to go with Sinclair down the stairs. It's well towards the stairs. Oh, thank fuck. I thought you were going to say you're going to punch him. <laughs> <laughs> we all just get TPK'd by Sinclair. <laughs> PvP! Except it's not. <laughs> I told you, Sinclair's the big bad. He's going to be behind Sinclair. Um, <laughs> he's not wanting to do this, but he knows he's not going to be able to stop him, so He'd rather go with him and make sure he's not on his own. So, Sinclair steps towards the doorway, because Esau stood in the doorway. You know, to Giliana, you watching, you can see there's a moment where Cazisel weighs up his options. You see him drop his head for a second, sigh, and step aside to let Sinclair pass, and then follow him. You've just watched Sinclair throw Twilight bodily across the room. She's like landed a foot or two from you on the floor. You've opened the gate to this cage and the people inside are now like you know, they were starting to look hopeful. You've unlocked the door for them. Now they're like what the fuck is happening? The, the, the little girl was about to run out to you but her mother has like now pulled her back and she's like looking at Sinclair leaving the room. Twilight you know, Twilight can stand up. I'd imagine within like the split second this happened, Twilight immediately is probably confused, but yeah, getting back to your feet. Yeah, like just like it's just literally gonna say, "What the fuck?" So between the two of you, like, would you follow after him? Would you stay and like help the people in the cage, or you know, between the two of you, like, I'll let you guys like God. have a quick split second. Mm -hmm. But what would your reaction be? Gilliana's gonna go whisper under her breath we are so fucked <laughs> she's gonna turn to like, Twilight and go Twilight are you okay I think so but... oh you will be <laughs> I'm gonna have words with some people later okay and she's gonna turn around and she's gonna try and unlock the other cage 
Oh no, there's only there was only the one cage. Oh. There's, there's two people in shackles, but only the oh. one cage. Okay. She's gonna go up to the one of the people in shackles, and she's she's pissed. So she's gonna go up and she's gonna try and unlock the shack help like try and get them out of the shackles. Okay. So again, I will say they are completely unresponsive. But so um, Twilight. Mm -hmm. St. Clair has bodily thrown you across the room. By the time you're back up to your feet, both him and Cassisa have left, and you can see them sort of heading towards the top of the stairs. Are you going to uh, stay with Gilliana, or are you going to follow yeah, them? I'm Bearing in mind, say... the last instruction you were given was <laughs> stop him. Well, seeing as stopping him didn't do me very well, I'm going to kind of kneel down to the people in the cage and be like, ignore that. <laughs> um... If you want to come with me, we'll try and get you out. I have no idea what's happening, as you can see. Uh, that wasn't very live, laugh, love of my party member. So... I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> deadly, deadly, you're off the podcast. <laughs> um, How dare you? <laughs> How dare you bring that into my podcast? Listen, she's an agent of chaos. Um... So I'm just going to try and like make them think that I'm going to try and protect them, but I also am like, I can't really protect myself, so this is on you guys. Tell you what, tell you what, give me a performance check. Performance? Ooh. <laughs> they're going to read with insight. Okay. <laughs> that is a 14. They rolled a 16. <laughs> you tell them, it's like, come on, you know, they're each other's like, I'll protect you. They're going to look at you going, no, you won't. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I look pretty fucking rough, so yeah. Yeah, they, they, they obviously, they do look like they trust, you know, they can read you. They, 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 you know, you can tell that they trust you. They just don't think you're going to do a <laughs> lot to not protect capable. Them. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So like, they believe you. You can tell that, you know, they, you can see them relax in your presence as you're talking to them. But they don't fucking hurry to follow you either. Yeah. So that's while that's fair. happening, Gilliana, are you you're still going to try and unlock these other two people, like you know, chained up? Oh God, um, yeah, no, but man in the chair, the man in the chair. I want to get him instead. Ah, cool. Finally, someone looks at the man on the chair. As you preach the preach, as you approach the man on the chair, you move to start unshackling him, and as you get closer to him, make me a perception check. 17. Brilliant. As you get close to the man in the chair, you know, as you came in, you noticed that he was pulling in sharp, quick breaths and letting them out in like low, slow motions. You realize that what he's doing is trying to scream, but oh. he has torn his throat apart. And <laughs> as he lets out a breath, there's just, he can't make the noise, but you can, you can hear the rasping scream from close by you guys have been moving about this room you've walked past him sinclair you've unlocked one of the cages sinclair's thrown twilight bodily across the room his eyes have not moved from this orb in front of him and you realize that what he's doing is pulling in breaths to scream and when he runs out of breath he breathes in again and he continues to scream okay Roll um, me a sleight of hand check to unlock his shackles. Um, 22. Yeah, you sit down with your lockpicks again, and once again, these are all simple locks. They're, you know, there's, you, you probably imagine that these are almost like, you know, a single key unlocks these, a very simple one. You sit down, and within seconds of looking at it, you realize, yeah, I can do this click, and the shackles come off. But even when he's released, the man doesn't move. He sits in the chair, his focus entirely on the orb in front of him. Um, can I take my cloak off and throw it over the orb? Yes. When you do that, you see the man's eyes unfocus slightly. The object that he was looking at is no longer there to his vision. He pulls in in the middle of what was, you assume, to be a scream, and he sharply breathes in and out and in and out and there's a moment where he holds his breath and then he slowly slumps forward his chin hitting his chest and he becomes unresponsive like those who are shackled to the wall
Hey guys, just the one quick announcement for the mid-roll today. As mentioned before, we're currently running two competitions. Both of these competitions run through to the end of March, so you still have a few weeks to take part. Our first competition is to win a set of gold Chaos Dragon dice, and to enter, all you have to do is leave us a review on any podcasting app or website. But please do make sure you send us a message to let us know that you've left it, as there isn't really any good way to aggregate all of our reviews anywhere. We have had at least one so far, so... I must say at least one we've had one so far, so if you leave a review you have a very good chance of winning at the minute. Our second competition is for the set of Shepherd's Tempest Acrylic Dice. To enter this giveaway all you have to do is tweet about the show or at the show and use the hashtag ModifiedRoll. Both sets of dice are sourced from our sponsor DN Dice, so you can check them out on their website or look for any of our tweets where we're talking about the competitions or on our website where we have some images and links to DN Dice's site. And finally, just a reminder while we're on the competitions, if you join our Patreon at a certain tier, you get an extra entry or an automatic entry if you don't actually take part in the competition to any of the competitions and giveaways we run. But that's it for this week, so let's get back to the show. Okay, oh shit. Shit. Um, right, okay. Oh, so, how big are these orbs? So, you know, if you, again, it doesn't help that I'm showing the webcam here, but if you were to hold one in the palm of your hand, it'd probably say, you know, about half the size of a football. And, uh, okay. Half the size of a football. So... You could hold one relatively comfortably in one hand. Okay. Can I, um... Oh. I've got a backpack. You got a backpack? Mm-hmm. Can I, I'm going to try and, I want to try and lift it up, but, oh shit, I, I want to like know how heavy. Like you said, but when I made a face. I want to, <laughs> I want to, no, I want to know how heavy it is. Okay, but um, I don't, so, so the, the first question is, are you picking one up? Oh, I don't, the, 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 are I, you no, picking I one up? To, I, I want to use don't know how you, you don't know how heavy it is until you try and pick it up. Try I want to use mage hammer. hammer. It's too heavy to be picked up by mage. Okay, okay that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to know. I'm gonna, use, but I want to pick it up. But I don't want to touch it. I want to use my cape, my cloak. Smart. Okay. As you put your the cloak's you, over, you've it's the one your cloak over it. As you reach out to grasp it through the cloak, make me a wisdom check at or wisdom saving through at disadvantage. <laughs> it's magic. A small level yeah. of fabric isn't gonna block it out. I'm going to point out by the time this action is finished, both Sinclair and Kazisel will have made it to the bottom of the stairs. You will have one more. Let's fucking go! <laughs> both both Gilliana and Twilight will have one minor action before they reach the door. God. Oh shit. Oh, oh I'm so mad. One was a natural 20. And one was ten total. As you pick it up, you can feel the headache that you felt while within the town, especially while within this keep intensify, but nothing else. Like it doesn't physically affect you in any way other than you feel this pounding in your headache intensify while you're holding it. This is pure rage <laughs> that is fueling this. And panic. <laughs> and Rage, oh hell yeah. yeah. Hashtag Sinclair was right. <laughs> and she's gonna go, Twilight, I need your your bag. <laughs> Open your bag. Okay, I'll run open with my bag. Yeah, if you dump it in there like wrapped up in your cloak, it goes in the bag, and when it's in the bag, the feeling that you have while holding it sort of lessens. You, you know, you've still got this headache, this this horrible sensation while being in this town in this keep, but it, you know, when you let go of it, it lessens again to the levels it was at before. You still feel miserable being here, but there's not like a physical stabbing in your skull now, at least. So I'm giving you guys one more. Specifically, I'm going to ask Twilight, because I know you helped Gilliana with this one, but obviously Gilliana yeah. had the idea of picking up the orb. Twilight, you're, I'm going to give you one option here to decide what you do. You've picked up this orb with Gilliana. It's in your backpack. Yeah. The cage is open. You know, you've told the people to follow you. Whether they do or not is yet to be seen. <laughs> the guy in front of Gillian is now slumped forward. He's no longer staring at this empty space. He's slumped forward. He doesn't seem to be reacting. Yeah. And both Sinclair and Kazisel have left the room. 
what does Twilight do? So she puts on her backpack, <laughs> um, and then she's like, I guess follow me, and readjusts her glasses, which will have been knocked all skew with. <laughs> cool. Um, uh, Twilight, when the backpack hits your back, can you make me a wisdom saving throw, please? Oh, can indeed. That would be a 21, my first good roll of the night. <laughs> right. I, can't, I don't want to take any more damage. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, you've gone from middle of the road to literally the one good result. Uh, right. While you're holding the bag in front of you, you know, there's enough distance between you and the orb. You can feel this sort of I don't want to say malevolence because the you know the orb itself isn't a creature, but you can feel mm-hmm. something emanating from it, something dark and something painful emanating from it. And as you swing it for like around onto your back, as it touches your back, there's like a tingling sensation that runs through you. You feel this thing hit you. even through the fabric of the bag and Gilliana's cloak. You feel this thing touch you, and you get a flash. You get an image three hateful burning eyes stacked one on top of the other stare at you from an inky pool of darkness you feel an echo of the magic that was used to create this orb something dark and painful and vile and you feel a creature that looks down on your very existence and then it's gone. The feeling passes. And you're standing in the room again with Gilliana in front of you, the bag on your back, as you adjust the glasses on your face. <laughs> uh, so Gilliana will probably see Twilight's face, like, drain for a moment. And, like, obviously all the fear and everything. And then as she readjusts the glasses, she'll, like, plaster on, like, the fakest smile you've ever seen. And be like, yep, it's all good. Let's go. Uh, Gilliana, give me an insight check before you leave. (laughs) (laughs) Eleven. Yeah, like Twilight said, she could hide as much as she wants after the fact, but you definitely saw her face go pale. I I will say, like, like, you've not spent a lot of time around tieflings, but, you know, you recognize when someone has, like, you know, the blood rushes from their face. You can tell when someone blushes, you can tell the opposite. Something happened, you could see Twilight sort of focus on something in the middle distance and then sort of smile and say, no, it's fine, let's go. And that was it. But you know something, she reacted at least. You don't know what happened, but you know she reacted when the bag hit her back. So, Twilight, are you heading for the door to follow Kazisel and Sinclair? Or are you going, or what, what is your yeah, plan when I, you leave the door? My aim is to get people down and out while Sinclair's doing shit. It's, my, it's her thinking. It's like, whilst they're distracted, we can just funnel people out the front door cool 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 <laughs> so obviously like i said earlier you, you know twilight you've tried to convince the people the kids that you're going to protect to follow you when they see you leaving the room they you leave the room and you can see them at least coming out of the cage you know they're not one step behind you but as you leave the room you can tell they're at least coming out whether or not they're going to follow you downstairs is another question you guys head towards the stairs and as you reach the top of them Below, two floors down, Kazisol and Sinclair have arrived at the bottom floor. You're on the bottom floor. You've got the door to the left leading to the dining room, the door to the right, which you assume leads somewhere towards the entrance, and the door in front where you heard the voices before. What do you do? Yeah, you know the door that has the voices? Yeah, he's going to kick it open. (laughs) (laughs) One swift kick. Yeah, so you step forward and you kick the door open. And you can see inside what appears to be some some form of... It's not a throne room. You're in a, a small keep, but it's some sort of audience chamber. There is a large chair at the far end, atop which seems to be a heavily armoured knight. And standing near him are three guards. With the doors kicked open, they all turn to look at you in confusion and shock. What would Sinclair do? Interesting. So Sinclair's lovely church boy accent fades in his anger and he enters the room. I call upon the Lord of Night's Valor. And he just starts approaching the heavily armoured guy. 
The man on the chair looks to the three guards in the room, gestures, points towards you and says, kill him. And we're going to enter initiative. <laughs> oh, God, I hope we don't die. <laughs> Says the man who stormed into the room alone. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Listen, he's he's a hothead. Orc boy going to do what orc boy going to do. He's going to kill a man, maybe. Caesar has had no luck calming down hot-headedness, so... <laughs> uh, I mean, you didn't talk to him. Right. Has anyone rolled above 19? Uh, yes. Yeah, all right, what did you roll? 20. That's not a natural, that's with a... No, that's fine. I, I want to know the number. All right, anyone between 15 and 19? Uh, I have 15. Anyone between 10 and 15? 13. Yep. 14 for Sinclair. 14 for Sinclair. Uh, 13 for Twilight. So... Sinclair has kicked open this door. Directly behind him is Kazisel. The two of you can see into the room as Sinclair steps in that there are three guards present and what appears to be the knight sat on a large chair at the far end of the room. Upon voicing his challenge, the knight turns to the three guards, telling them to kill him. Top of the initiative order is Kazisel. That's what you get for rolling high. You get to yeah. make the decision. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I'd roll high. <laughs> that would have been good. Go for the rage. Hearing the command to kill, I'm going to use my breath weapon, which would be force. Yeah, are, so are you going to move past? Because currently, obviously, you're sort of, you know, um, Sinclair's in the doorway, you're behind him. Are you going to move past him to use this, I assume? Yeah. All right, cool. So, Sinclair, I'll, he. I'll pretty much step past Sinclair and. Knowing what's happening, and again, hearing the command, I instinctively react to that. Yeah, and the sort of the amethyst dragon, the breath weapon, is a cone or a line? I think it's a cone. Cool. In that case, the three guards are relatively far back in there, and they're quite near the door. So if you were to stand directly in the doorway, you could position yourself in a way that your breath weapon would hit all three of the guards. But yeah, not that's what I'm going to do. Cool. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and use that to try and use the force from the breath weapon to push them back. Well, that's a saving throw on my part, isn't it? Saving throw, yeah. Constitution. Right. Constitution, and what am I trying to hit? Yeah, it's 11. 11, cool. Feel, feel, and... Feel. So as you step into the room, you yes. get into the doorway, and obviously with a gemstone dragon bolt, or not a gemstone, like a crystal, Oh, uh, amethyst. Yeah, with a gemstone dragonborn, amethyst dragonborn, your breath weapon is different to you know, metallic and chromatic dragons. Your breath weapon is all about manipulating the forces of the world around you. What does it look like when you step forward and use your breath weapon against these guards? It's almost like air turning into a solid form, just forcing its way through like a shockwave towards the guards. So yeah, so Sinclair, you see Kazisil step past you, he lowers his head, leans forward, and the, the crystals on his body almost seem to flash briefly with iridescence as an eruption of force is launched from his mouth. But uh, other than damage, do these guys get pushed back, or what happens to them? Um, it doesn't say anything about that, it just says that they take uh, 2d6 damage on okay, a cool. failed. Doesn't say if they get pushed back or not. That's fine, it'll just be the damage then. So, uh, do you want to roll damage for me? That is... That is an eight. Fucking Christ. So, <laughs> yeah, you watch him step forward as this force erupts from him and you, you can, the, you know, the walls almost seem to shake as this blast emanates from him and you see the three guards get hit with this and it bodily like rips their cloaks their clothing anything loose gets ripped back on them you can see them you know smashing into them you actually see one of them it, it literally breaks his nose as blood erupts from his face as the others try to carve back and protect themselves from this blast as they get annihilated by this and as after the whole force of the breath leaves once it's finished, I 
swiftly step to the side to have a doorway open for Sinclair to go through. Yep, so you step back along him passes through the doorway. When this happens, you see the knight stand up and draw his sword, but he remains where he is, looking contemptuously upon the three guardsmen in front of him, sneering at them. Ilyana, you're two floors up at this point. You hear Sinclair bellowing his challenge to the knight, and then very swiftly it's followed by an eruption of what could only be described as pure sound. You can't really, you know, you can't really describe it as being a yell or a crash. It is just a impact on sound itself, bellowing through the stairway. What would Gilliana do at that point? Whew. Okay, so um, Gilliana is going to... Um... Oh, shit. Um... <laughs> Ooh... She's going to have to try and <laughs> get these people. I don't know if we should leave them here or take them downstairs. I don't know what's the best option. Um, we're going to... Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So she's going to turn around. She's going to turn to the people and say... Oh, <sighs> Let's try and get you out of here then, guys. And she's going to clap her hands and she's going to just like try and lead everyone out of the room. There's not okay. really much else she can do. Okay. Um, are you going to move at a sedate pace in the hopes of like guiding these people down or are you going to be dashing down the stairs at your full speed? Pretty much what I'm going to ask because one means you get close to the two of them this round, one doesn't. You would know, again, I'm not going to like, you know, meta game on this but you would know if you were to sprint downstairs you could make it to the lower floor this air quotes turn if you were to move at your normal pace and allow the people to stay within eyeline distance of you to like allow them to follow you you could only make it to the next floor down jesus christ i am <laughs> this is this is a lot because twilight is not in a good way i don't want to leave her <laughs> Maybe. That's fine. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be going down the stairs fast, am I? <laughs> no, I'm not going to try and... F I'm not... No, no, no. I'm not going to rush. Good luck. We're going to stick <laughs> with this group. We're going at a slow pace. Okay, so you make it down to the second floor and you can tell that the people are following you down. Sinclair... I'm going to assume you don't care what's happening two floors above you. What you care about is what's happening in the room in front of you. Yeah, it, the, you know, shit's going down. Right, where's the... Right, he's the nearest guard. He's going to advance, strangely enough. Like he always does, he's going to reach up to his back, draw the massive greatsword from his back, and he's just going to take a big old swing. You step into the room, approaching the guard near. you the first one to have hit, been hit by Kazisel's concussive blast. Still reeling, he was probably—he actually would have probably been the one who had his nose broken because he wouldn't have had time to react. He stood sort of like looking at his face, going, what the fuck just happened? Why am I bleeding? And then he sees a nine-foot-tall half-orc, half-goliath with eyes which seem to glow with a righteous fury step into the room, drawing a great sword. What do you roll? Is 17 to hit. You hit. Fantastic. Right, that is... All for double-handed. God, maths. Um... Acting with maths. That's 13 points of slashing damage. How would you like to kill the first guard? <laughs> um, yeah, he's going to draw it, his, his sword, and then he is just going to rip it, the hilt with both hands, and he is just going to shove it straight through the chest of the first guy. The two other guards in the room are still reeling from Cassis's attack. They are sort of coming back to their senses, and as they turn to face the doorway and draw their swords, what they see is their companion. And a full three feet above his head towers you. And as they look on, they see 
him turning, he attempts to lift his guard, but before he can even register where he is, they see a great sword erupt through his back. They see his arms drop and his body fall lifeless, and as you draw the sword back again, he falls to the floor. And the two of them look on at you, advancing towards them in righteous fury. The first guard falls dead. Uh, Sinclair, obviously, it's only taken you like 10 feet to step into the room at this point. There are the two guards remaining uh, sort of off to one side and the knight at the far end of the room. Because I impaled him, I'm going to say that Sinclair, for the rest of his... that to use his movement, essentially he'll spend it pulling his sword out of the guy because he just struck him straight through the chest. Yeah, so the guy falls limp and as you lower your sword, he falls to the ground and, you know, as he falls, you plant a foot in his chest and pull your sword free. And you stand staring before advancing on the room. Twilight. Giliana has headed down the stairs with the... You, know, she, you can see she's moving at a pace where she's watching to make sure that the people you've rescued follow. You're just behind her. Would you keep pace with Giliana or would you head on ahead of her to help Kazisa uh, and Sinclair uh, head downstairs? She's gonna keep pace with Giliana. Um, kind of quiet for twilight um just like walking down the stairs not really usually she'd be kind of chattering or i don't know singing pop goes the weasel or something but uh she's just like kind of staring into the middle distance and just on autopilot okay well for this turn then the two of you make it down to the second floor uh followed by the people you've rescued at least the ones who've been released so far that brings it to the guard's turn. Uh, the two in the room are going to advance on the one person in the room, which is Sinclair. And the two of them are going to tie and attack with their swords. A sword. A sword. I somehow managed to roll... A sword is not as big as mine, though. I somehow managed to roll 15s on both of my dice, which is a 16 to hit. I don't think it actually hits you with your armor, does it? Nope, my armor class is 16, that oh, hits. So meets beats, so that was lucky for me. Mm -hmm. uh, so the two of them are going to step forward with their swords. <gasps> That's unfortunate for some. Uh, the first one pierces a joint in your armpit, stabbing in towards your arm, and you take seven damage from him. The other just manages to land a glancing blow across the joint at your hip, and you take two damage from him, giving nine damage. Oh, yes. Seven plus two is nine. Nine damage overall. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. Uh, that is their turn. We're back to the top of the round with Cassisel. You've just watched Sinclair walk in and straight up murder a guy. Uh, not without your help, but still. And then the two of them, had, two, the two remaining guards have advanced on him and uh, stabbed him the fuck up. So I'm going to, I see Sinclair go in and slaughter the guard. And the other two come up and take swings. And I'm not going to let their focus be all on Sinclair. So I'm going to step in and with a inhale, I'm take a deep breath and take another attempt at making another blow with the force damage. So I'm just checking because I can't remember what the, what the new rules are. Was that can you do it twice because of the new um, Dragonborn says, rules or is it once from the Dragonborn rules and once from the way of the Ascendant Dragons? I can't remember. Um, it says you use your breath weapon a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. And that's from your Dragonborn just... Yeah. Yeah, cool. So right, I, my proficiency bonus is two, so... Yeah, it was pretty second. much just... I couldn't remember if it was a class thing, if I had to describe you using your chi to do it or not. It was pretty much where I was going with that one. Having seen Sinclair step into the room and the guards step up to them, you can read the room quickly. You step in, move to the side of Sinclair and position yourself in a way that you can catch both the two guards who have engaged with him and the knight yeah. himself stood at the, at the chair at the end of the room. You... Again, lower your head, your crystal, crystalline body parts glowing briefly with an iridescence, and you launch this attack of just compressed air. And bloody hell, right? So one of the 
Gars fails, one passes. Yeah. And the knight passes as well. Uh, is it half damage on a pass? Yeah. Okay, cool. So roll your damage. That's a nine. As you step into the room, you, you position of you, you hit these guards in the night with this breath weapon. The two knights in front of Sinclair, you can see them see you come in and they register you, they turn and they you can see they know what's coming. They begin to brace themselves, but they're already ragged from the first time you hit them. They can't move quickly enough. They can't get their guard up quickly enough and this attack hits them and it just wrecks them completely. The two of them hit the ground, their bodies torn apart by, torn apart by the concussive blast, and the two of them fall to the ground dead. The blast washes across the room, lifting dust and debris and the rug from the floor until it finally reaches and hits the knight at the end of the room, at which point it blasts him back into this chair that he was resting on previously before he can again gather his footing. You can tell it hasn't rocked him as hard as it did the guards initially, but he still felt this damage. The three guards in the room are now dead. Only the knight remains standing. He steps forward at this point. Oh, sorry, uh, what else would you like to do in your turn? I'm just going to grab the hand axe and leave it, leave it in my hand, ready. The knight at this point shakes himself. You can see him like shaking off the effects of your attack. And he steps down and steps forward. He moves to position himself in a way that he can engage you while keeping Sinclair at an arm's distance, drawing his sword to attack. Well, that's it for another episode. Thanks for sticking with us. As usual, I'd like to thank Lixie B and Jeff for the wonderful logo and character art they created for us, the Stormweather Shanty Choir for letting us use their song Drunken Sailor as our theme tune, DN Dice for sponsoring us, and all of our wonderful Patreon supporters who have been helping us out. Just before we jump into the recommended podcast of this week, just want to say again, don't forget about the competitions. All of the details are on our website. And I want to give a special shout out to Jeff again. Obviously, we've been talking about how much we love the character art piece done for us. Um, if you if you don't follow us on social medias, on Twitter and Instagram, you've probably missed some of this. But Jeff has done some fantastic fan art, and we have just been gushing about it ever since. Uh, this is like the first actual fan art we've had for the podcast, and we just can't get over it. Uh, <laughs> it looks phenomenal, and Jeff, we know you've been listening. Hope you're still listening. Um, so I just want to say thank you so much and give you a special shout out. So guys, if you like our character art, if you've seen the fan art and you like it, go and check Jeff out. Get some character art commissions off him. We cannot recommend him enough. But anyway, back on to the recommended podcast for this episode. I'm actually annoyed with myself because I thought we had already shouted these guys out. It was only when I was reviewing my episode notes that I realized we hadn't. And if I had... Uh, that's unfortunate because these guys are worth a second shout out anyway. I think I might have missed this because of the hiatus we took, but I really wanted to shout out the Dungeon Wives podcast. This is one of the rare, uh, you know, two-member podcasts. They all they have is a DM and a single player, but they really make this work. It's a really enjoyable listen. It is a, as the name would suggest, it is a couple, uh, two ladies who are playing D and D, and the. Well, the relationship really brings a really a bright note to the game, and it just makes for a really fun and enjoyable listen. I would definitely recommend picking it up, trying it out. They have a great way of managing combat with the DM playing several NPCs who accompany or drop in and out. Uh, the you know, single party member, but I, I can't get over the storytelling in this podcast with only two people who are able to tell such an in-depth and just well put together story. So please do check them out. That is the Dungeon Wives. We'll have a link in the description. We do have a promo again at the end, this time for Darker Days Radio. You should be hearing that in just a couple of seconds. But other than that, that's it for this week. Thanks for sticking with us, and we'll see you soon.
explore the darkness, explore shadows beyond them, within them, the other side. Explore rage, horror, pain, fear, hate, lust, greed, anger. Explore the worlds of darkness. Explore your chronicles of fear. Explore worlds innumerable, filled with nightmares. Dark Days Radio is a podcast dedicated to horror RPGs, primarily focusing on the worlds of darkness and chronicles of darkness. Dark Days Radio also is home to Dark Hammer, a Worlds of Warhammer podcast. You can find all of these episodes at www.darker-days.org. Join us in the shadows.